Well, good afternoon, everybody. It is August 15, 2018. This is Tom Miller, and I'm so excited to begin this journey with you uh, for the launching of our blueprint for school leader success. To say that this program has taken some time to develop <laughs> is an understatement. As I dropped off my son today, my son turned five, or he's five, and he, he started kindergarten today. It's his first day. So now both of our children are in school. As I dropped him off, I realized how critical, how critical our role is as leaders, no matter where we are in our lives, in our profession, in our organization. Everything rises and falls with leadership. And my journey through this program, to create this program, began uh, in 2009 when I was hired as a public charter school principal in Leland, North Carolina at a middle school, which I, I knew nothing about middle school kids. Uh, but that's where this all started. That's where this Blueprint for Success program began. Uh, of course, it didn't have that name or thoughts or anything, but what you're going to learn in this program is what I've learned <laughs> the hard way uh, most of the time. What I've learned from other effective leaders, what I've learned from doing things wrong, uh, what I'm seeing working well across the country as we get to travel as public charter school consultants and coaches. You're going to learn what I'm learning. And I'm going to hopefully help you accelerate your learning just based upon uh, these mentoring calls and the teaching sessions that will be on video for you and the opportunities for you to ask questions and bring challenges to us. So let me, let me start by saying this. Thank you for investing in you. Thank you for believing in us. And thank you for trusting the process. Because leadership evolves daily, not in a day. So just because you listen to this call, doesn't mean you're going to be an effective leader. Hopefully you're at least one one-hundredth of a percent better as a leader. I believe the principal's job is the most difficult and interrupted job on the planet. Every day there's a fire needed to be put out, a problem that needs solving, a teacher who needs your help, and a parent who doesn't feel hurt. As a public charter school principal, we're a a principal of a private school, you're the CEO of a multi-million dollar enterprise. You're responsible for the safety and security of hundreds, sometimes thousands of, of adults and children, families and grandparents. You're responsible for raising student achievement and building strategic partnerships while answering to a volunteer governing board who may or may not be your ally. Combine all these factors with the entrepreneur atmosphere where most, if not all, charter school leaders were on an island. You're on an island charged with a figure it out plan, if you can see my air quotes. Figure it out. This is what charter schools were meant to do. Figure it out. Well, this is where the Blueprint for Success program was born. Seeing public charter school leaders on that island not necessarily resource equipped or having the background um, to do what they need to do. 
Uh, it's a collaborative research-based pro professional development and mentoring program for school leaders. So with that program, as you'll know, as you'll um, you know, begin to see and realize that maybe you'll feel overwhelmed by the content, but that's okay. You are in charge of your learning experience. So there will be a weekly call. And you can hop on any of three calls at 9 a.m., noon, or 8 o'clock at night on Wednesdays. Or you can choose not to be on any calls live, and you can listen to them on archive. So you'll have access to them. Every month we'll be publishing resources for you, hopefully requested by you, because we're going to be asking, what do you need? How can we help you? How can we serve you? What can we create to help make your job easier? Because when you have a template, it saves a lot of time. Or when you see someone else do it, it accelerates your opportunity to get it there. So that's part two. It's a triangulation. One is a weekly mentoring call. Two is resources. And three is going to be a downloadable re uh, teaching videos on how to uh, communicate mission, how to build academic systems uh, for prevention and intervention, raising student achievement, how to engage uh, parents and communities, all based upon the research that we've done, that I've done, almost the last decade now. Right? And this will include interviews and with leaders across the state and, and how-to implementation guides. We won't have it all for you exactly one time, but they will be uh, in your inbox. Every couple of weeks you'll be getting updates. So I say all that to say this. Leadership is a choice. And you are the sum of all your choices, your choices that led to actions. And if you're unhappy with any area of your life, and if you're honest, you'll see that at some level you made a choice that may have caused this unhappiness. Right? You made this a choice that's causing this frustration or disruption. And even though your to-do list is endless and you're responsible for all things, you're not required to do it all. The most effective principles follow John Maxwell's three R's formula. The first R is required. These are items that only you can and should do. Now, you're responsible for it all, but you're not required to do it all. You can't do it all. You can't do it all well, that's for sure. I've watched many principals try, and they fail, and they burn out. Or they drop the ball somewhere. The second R is return. These are the items in which the organization gets the greatest return when you do them because you are an expert in it. Or you are the best in the organization at it. Anything that anybody can do as 80% as well as you can, you have to empower that person. You have to delegate it and take it off of your list. And the final R is reward. You can stay within your reward zone. These are the items that fill your heart for 95% of your day. I guarantee you're going to be a more successful and happy leader of this multi-million dollar corporation. Right? So required return and reward. This is my challenge to you as we go through this rule of five. Which items on your list 
meet your three R's. I've got some background noise on one of the calls, so I'm going to I'm just going to hit the mute button, but you'll have control over yourself. So an effective principles has has non-negotiables that they know has to be accomplished every single day because of the choices that they make, like sometimes getting into the weeds and being a technician. They form unhealthy, unhealthy habits that drive them to a level of frustration but don't necessarily drive the organization to greatness. Effective principles understand how to stay out of those weeds. They understand they have the awareness to be able to take out and identify. This is not something that I need to do right now. Or there's someone else that can do this and I'm going to make sure that they do it. And these non-negotiables, we're going to call them our rule of five. They might be different for every school leader. I mean, we got folks on this call that are the head of the organization. We have some assistant principals. We have instructional coaches. We have administrators of all certain levels. So everybody's rule of five is going to be different depending on the school that you're at, where you're at in your career, and the role that you play. So my first call is to challenge you to utilize the three R's and determine your rule of five. I sent you a worksheet yesterday. Hopefully you had an opportunity to, to, to complete that first upper section by now. If not, take, take the time to do that right now. Whether you're on the call live or listening to the recording, the archive recording, the two, the two questions are, what do you think the five things are that you should be doing each day? And then what do you end up doing each day? Take that time now and think about those two. What are the five things that you end up doing that you think you should be doing each day? And what is it that you end up doing each day? Now hopefully, hopefully your answers are at minimum similar. Right? You want your left column to align with your right column, as long as these are the five most important things. So is anybody out there who's willing to share anything from their top five? We've got a couple folks on now. It's okay. So we are, we are working through our worksheet in the very, very top, top part. What do we think we should be doing every day? And what is it that we end up doing every day in our role? And maybe some of you are new in your role and you're not sure yet. <laughs> but hopefully you should at least know what are the, the five most important things you should be focusing your time on. I spent, I, over the last nine years, I've spent time with the most effective principals in North Carolina and Arizona and Florida. Uh, so I've created my own list based upon their responses and my experiences as a principal a consultant and coach. So I'm going to I'm going to take you through my list, and uh, feel free to uh, stop me if I'm going too fast or need me to repeat something. So the number one on my list is to serve, is to add value to people. You need to take the time each day and intentionally add value to people, and this could be by being present for them in their time of need. 
resourcing them, mentoring them, giving them a hand in a project that they're working on, letting them know how much their work and loyalty mean to the success of the organization. You need to work hard to see every person that you encounter, every stakeholder, every family, every student, every employee as a 10. So this is a big challenge seeing everybody as a 10, but you cannot lead anyone very well if you do not value them and respect them. And if you don't respect them, then they shouldn't be there as an employee, but that's another conversation. Um, so your first goal every day is to serve. You just want to go, who can I add value to today? Who can I serve today? And how do we know how, to, you know how and what ways to add value to them? It's by being present in the conversation. It's by knowing what makes them laugh, what makes them sing, what makes them cry. Where do they want to be in a few years? How do we help them get there? You're here to serve. Because you'll find that when you help other people get what they want, they in turn will help you get what you want. So my first rule of five every day, how can I best serve the people in my organization, in my personal life? Right? Follow the golden rule and ensure. So that's number one on my list. Number two on my list is lead yourself and the organization. Basically, to fulfill the promise that you've made. Right? Lead yourself and the organization. This might sound obvious, but for many leaders, it's not. Leadership begins and ends with you, but it has nothing to do with you. What does this mean? It means that before you can lead anyone, uh, before anyone will follow you anywhere, you've got to be able to lead yourself first. I mean, who wants to follow someone who's disorganized or poor character or can't execute? Nobody. Someone who's mean to someone, someone who's a delegator, someone who's a micromanager, someone who doesn't respect other people but, but that demands respect themselves. Nobody's going to follow that person. That person's going to be taking a walk most of their life. So every day when you look in the mirror, I want you to recognize that the person looking right back at you is your toughest competition. The person looking at you in the mirror is your toughest competition. And Confucius taught us to be the change that you aim to see in the world, right? Be the change you aim to see in your organization. You lead by example, but that doesn't mean doing everybody's work for them. Let's be clear on that. <laughs> it doesn't mean saving everybody, parachuting in and saving the day, or you know, bungee jumping in and out of other people's work. That diminishes people when you take away their opportunity to execute. I'm not saying you don't help them. I'm not saying you don't mentor them and coach them and support them and get them to think for themselves. You lead them through the process. That's always so hard for me because we're products of our environment. And if anybody had a mom or a dad or a boss at one point that did that, you just assume, oh, this is how I lead. This is how I'm the boss. I, I'm leading you there. Follow me. Jump on my back. I got you. 
and it's not. So lead by example, model the values, the behaviors, and actions that you aim to see in the organization you lead. When problems arise, don't blame others. First, ask yourself, and this, is a, this, this was a big one for me, what role did I have in this problem? Typically, it was a communication error, right? or I didn't follow up, or I didn't teach them the right way to do it, or I didn't give them the information that they needed. Regardless of what it is, fall on the sword and be sure to fix that broken system or process before moving forward, before fully moving forward. Again, don't take it over and do it yourself. Be the guy by the side and work with that person. Involve your team. Don't operate in a silo. My uh, family and I went to go watch Christopher Robin, the new movie about Winnie the Pooh yesterday. And I was, that's all I could think about is if you've seen the movie, Christopher Robin works in a silo to try to save the organization. And if you go see the movie, you'll see what the consequences are. Don't work in a silo. Involve other people. Lead yourself by leading others. Okay, so that's my second one. So you've got to serve, add value to people, and lead yourself and the organization to fulfill the promises number two. Number three, grow yourself in the school's capacity. Too many leaders lead by faulty assumptions, and I led by faulty assumptions. And these two assumptions that I have found, they could be either one, I have finally made it to the position I desire, so I no longer need to grow myself and learn. Right? So maybe some of you have run into that person. Well, why would I need more training or you know, schooling? I'm already here. I have arrived finally. Or worse, I'll get that training <laughs> when I get that job. Maybe that's the third one I need to add here. The second one, this is how I have a faulty assumption that I'm still working through every day. So everyone should have the same appetite for growth that I do, and therefore they should know how to figure it out, read a book or do the research. When I was a teacher, I was asked many times to help struggling teachers with their classroom management because I was a special ed teacher and I had lots of great interventions. And I felt resentment towards them. I felt resentment towards my principal for asking me to help other people. So they can just go to the class that I did. I had no clue how to lead. This level of leadership is the lowest level, and it caused plenty of heartache and resentment. In 2017, I attended the National Public Charter School Conference. And there was a leader, uh, his name was Tom Torkelson. And Tom is the founder of uh, IDEA Public Charter Schools, and it's one of the largest charter districts in the country. There's, it's in Rio Grande Valley, and it's like 40,000 students, I think off the top of my head, and he said that when reflecting upon his calendar, he spent almost 60% of his day on average teaching adults how to lead other adults. Take a look at your calendar. When do you spend 60% of your day doing anything except maybe putting out fires and solving problems? And this guy, no, no, I'm teaching adults how to lead other adults. I'm teaching them how to put out the fires themselves how to problem solve, 
how to build better teams. That's why they grew one of the fastest charter districts in the country, <laughs> successful ones, serving a high level of students um, who, don't, who don't speak English, you know, second language students down in El Paso. He noted that the formula for turnaround and change in an organization is this, talent plus talent plus talent plus professional capital. I guess it's three times talent plus professional capital if you want to do an algebraic formula. <laughs> talent plus talent plus talent plus professional capital. And as, as the pain from that comment hit me, I invested in a lot of professional capital in me, you know, two graduate degrees, lots of conferences attended and presented at. Um, you know, I, my investment in the John Maxwell team and becoming a coach. However, I've never really invested in my team. I mean, time-wise, I've spent countless hours reading and listening and reflecting and, and now trying to write. But I've yet to do an intentional book study with my own team or scheduled professional development time with my team members or specific coaching time with my team members. I did recruit them all into the John Maxwell team to learn from the top leaders that I did, but again, that's my faulty assumption that they'll grow like I grew because that's what they want. And they say it's not the same because that's on my agenda. It's not on their agenda. And leaders who are multipliers increase intelligence in their people and in the organization. The people on the team actually get smarter and capable around them. And the main role as a leader is to leverage the talent and gifts from each member of your team. A team is not a group of people who work together. A team is a group of people who trust and care for each other. So that's number three. Grow yourself and grow the organization's capacity. Grow your people. Grow your team. And it falls right into that. You've got to be able to be willing to get off your own agenda and serve other people. That's number one. You've got to be able to lead yourself so people, so you gain the permission and the influence to lead other people. And three, you've got to be intentional. You need to be really smart so you can help your team be really smart. Those are the first three so far. Hopefully this is worth your time. Hopefully you're, you're getting something out of this. So the fourth thing, the fourth thing that I believe you need to do is spend time thinking and strategizing on how you and the organization can be better tomorrow. This might just be a closed office door time so you can work on those critical aspects. that only you can and should do. It might be thinking through a challenge or seeking a strategy that wins. Recently, I was asked by a charter school principal, what does it take to move the school one full NC report card grade level? And I replied with one word, focus. One of the best leadership books I've ever read was Michael Schmoker's Focus. 
It just actually arrived on my doorstep again yesterday. He just had a second edition. So if you're an ASCD member, it's coming. But in it, Schmoker said that one of the main reasons more schools have not improved over decades of reform is their inability to prioritize, isolate, and focus on the most vital, game-changing actions that ensure significant improvement in teaching and learning. I think that they hadn't taken the time to think because who can think with all the all the disruption going on in the school? You're constantly at 100 miles an hour. You're constantly being asked questions. You're constantly being made asked to make decisions. Who can think in that environment? Who can think in that environment? He, he goes on to say that the most successful organizations have always known that time and energy are precious limited resources, and if we squander them on too many initiatives or the wrong ones, we will fail. He proclaimed, the key to effective leadership is identifying the smallest number of high leverage, easy to understand actions that unleash stunningly powerful consequences. I want to say that again. The key to effective leadership is identifying the smallest number of high leverage, easy to understand actions that unleash stunningly powerful consequences. Wow, that statement alone should have you rethinking 90% of your day. You can't, you can't even comprehend what that <laughs> that high leverage, easy to understand action might be if you don't give your time to think and reflect about it. Intentional time. The schools that I find that are underperforming typically embrace a large number of low leverage, difficult to understand actions. They got too many new initiatives. They got too much going on. Or they've turned over or changed a lot, not a little. Effective schools don't change everything. They tweak things. They make them better. They improve them. They think on them. They process. They analyze. They hardly ever reform, <laughs> regardless of their population of kids. To execute your think time at a school, you really need a strong gatekeeper, someone who's going to hold this time sacred for you on a daily basis, someone who understands how critical this time is for you. Now this behind-the-door office time, this is not a time to hide from challenges. Okay? It's a time to, to be intentional. So you have to be prepared to go in to that room or office and know what you're going to think about and know what you're going to focus on. You have to know what your priorities are. That's that R, that first R. You are required. What is it you're required with the return? Some let people think by, you know, best by moving around. So maybe it's doing, doing a walkthrough. Maybe it's taking a walk. Maybe it's finding a way to generate thought. So exercise, whatever it could be. Sometimes it's just doing nothing. And this is another quote that Christopher Robbins said in the movie yesterday. He said, doing nothing often leads to the very best of something. 
I think some of my greatest thoughts have come when I wasn't thinking at all. Right? Because mental activity that does not always constitute thought. It constitutes busyness. But when you let your brain relax, when you when you think on things, whether it's maybe you're you're reading a book, right, or maybe you're taking a shower or just kind of sitting outside doing nothing, whatever it is, this is when your brain is at times at its best and when the idea comes to you. So make sure you have think time. That's number four for me. My last one, my last one of my rule five is asking coaching questions. The quality of your leadership is determined by the quality of relationships you will have with those that you lead, which ultimately determines the level of performance that they will give you in return. If leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less, then the most important skill in leadership is building influence with your followers. I can promise you one thing, that you will not earn much influence by directing people on what to do. However, if you intentionally help people to be more and do more through asking effective coaching questions, you will grow your influence. Because coaching isn't directing. Coaching is not bringing someone to your truth. Coaching is bringing someone around to their own truth building their awareness. And awareness is the key. The quality of a person's life will always be in direct proportion to the thinking that they have applied into their own life. And coaching is the difference between being a manager and a leader. A manager measures things and people. A leader develops organizations of people. And you want to be in the business of developing people. An easiest example of this is something that we we teach in our coaching training uh, cohort, which you know some of you may be in. Is you have to define what you aim to see, so then you can say this following statement: Here's what we agreed on, but here's what I saw. Help me understand, so I can help you close the gap. Or with my son, my five-year-old. Instead of asking him, why did you do that? I could ask him, what was your goal when you jumped off the couch? Or what was your goal when you ran across the street? Because when I ask people why, I ask someone why, they get defensive. They immediately get defensive. You're questioning me. So you have to get in the mindset is I'm not questioning you. I'm asking you questions to learn so I can help you better understand. Just like when you were a teacher in the classroom, your kids, you wanted your kids to show you their work so you could give them feedback and see specifically where they went wrong so then you could reteach them. Right? The illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read and write and do arithmetic. It's those who are unable to unlearn and relearn. And as a leader, you need to be a coaching leader, helping people build their awareness, unlearn what doesn't work, and relearn what can work.
I believe that's the most critical skill, understanding your people and teaching them how, okay, how to think, coaching them how to think by asking questions. You can't do this through memos and top-down leadership. You have to. You have to be patient and take the time. You have, to, you have to bring the unconscious conscious. You have to build them to your level of awareness. Otherwise, you're always going to be running back. You're always going to be chasing them down. Or you're just going to end up doing their work, which most of us do. It's your job to teach them how to think at a higher level so they can problem solve and be your voice, your values when you're not in the room. When you see something, <laughs> you need to ask questions. You see something you don't like, you need to ask a question about it. Hey, tell me what's, what's uh, you know, happening over here. Or what made you make this decision? <laughs> tell me why your classroom is set up this way. Hey, what do you think the unintended consequences might be if we're not here at 7.30? How does it impact your team? You've got to get them to think. Now, I mean, there's you know, great places. It's all choice. Remember, I've already said that leadership is a choice. So you could ask parents. You could get out there in car duty and car line. What do you like best about the school? How do you like the new initiatives? How might you improve it if you were in charge? You're just, you're just gathering information, and you're asking people their opinion. And when you ask other people their opinion, they're you know, definitely going to give it to you because we're all narcissists and we like to talk about ourselves. But you're also building influence with them right? because you're listening. Because you're listening. It's a choice. When you do a walkthrough, a lead by walking around, a walk through your school, it's a choice to ask questions. It's a choice to look over the shoulder of a child and ask them, what are you learning right now? What's the objective? What are you struggling with? What's going well in this classroom? You can tell whether they could understand the work or not. There's too many principles that just do walkthroughs just to say, oh, I was told I have to do three walkthroughs a day. What are you doing during those walkthroughs? What information are you gathering that you can bring back to your team or bring back to your office and during that think tank session and help the organization grow? So I'm going to finish up there for today on those five. We're not going to address the five per week today. We're only going to focus on the five per day. So I want you to just be thinking through that, and I want you thinking through these reflection questions. So I'm going to end on this, on this comment here and open it up for Q&A if anybody's got any thoughts or comments. Leadership is a choice, and those choices bring you to action, and those actions create habits. The key to growth is awareness. Before you can be aware of something, you must first be aware of something. So reflect on which of these habits you and your team need to address first. And create a plan that includes a goal and accountability partner and begin attacking these habits one at a time. And changing habits is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It takes, on average, 84 days to change a habit. 84 days. So remember, leadership evolves daily, not in a day. So over time, as you make a series of diligently executed decisions, you will experience a breakthrough in those daily practices, whether it's in your personal or professional life. Either way, giving you more time to focus on what matters the most. The children you serve, the adults you serve, your family, your friends, your own personal health. 
So what's one call to action? What's maybe one thing that you got from this call that you can begin doing differently tomorrow? Love to hear from anybody on the call. And think through what, what needs to change for this to happen for you. Hey, Tom. This is Ted from Rivard. Hey, how are you, sir? Doing great. We're having we're having a great first day. Um, Good. And I can say that my team is all on board with what you're saying. I'm sitting here with my director of compliance, who's in charge of all federal programs, Lori Lures. Mm -hmm. Hey, Lori. We're we are nodding our head as as we go because we really worked intentionally to make sure that today would go very well, and we are we are already doing walkthroughs with instructional feedback to teachers um, because we were so intentional. And But what I am noticing that I need to do is I've done a good job setting up my gatekeeper to keep people away from me. Mm -hmm. I need to set up my gatekeeper to keep people away from my people. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, Ted. Right, because they're the you know do, they're the doers and the shakers, and they're the ones that could spend more you know quality time, um, you know, really carrying it out. But that's a that's a really great valid point. If you again, if you watch Christopher Robbins, you you'll be thinking about it when you watch it. So when you see the movie, you'll be thinking about exactly what you just said. So yeah, yeah. So what's so what's one thing that you guys would have to do differently in order to make that happen? What's you know something needs to be true tomorrow that's not true today for your team to have more gatekeeping and think time? Now, one one thing, and I know that this isn't always what the answer can be, but um, right now we have a part-time receptionist, and mm -hmm. so tomorrow I need to schedule her full-time, um, which I'm going to do, so that can happen. But then what I need to do, I went over gatekeeping with her for me, but I also need to go over gatekeeping with her for the other folks in the front office. Yeah. And 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 what are some things just off the top of your head that you know anybody can answer this? Um, what are those things that might take you away from from this important work? I mean, it's all important work, but just really sure. strategizing or you know uh, you know getting in the classroom. Maybe it's a parent phone call, right? Or maybe a delivery by somebody, right? I mean, it's, it's, these, it's these things right. that, for some reason, people think that they can't handle, right? And so right. then they bring it to you, right. and it's just a matter of asking them back, well, well, the next time, if you were me, how would you handle this? Oh, I'd do X, Y, Z. Great. When this person comes next time, go ahead and do that. And then just, you know, just yeah. let me know about it. We're going to... Uh my school improvement team, we're going to be reading a book. I haven't decided if I'm going to do it with administration or with school improvement. We're actually going to read Focus as one. I love mm -hmm. that book. Um, yeah. And then I think that my instructional team is going to read that. Um, and I haven't decided if my administration, administrative or my school improvement team is going to read Shifting the Monkey. Mm -hmm. um, have you read that? I have not read it, but I've heard very good things about it. it it is fantastic, and I, I use that um, I use that analogy of shifting the monkey all the time with my colleagues that have read the book. Now I say that is not mm -hmm. your monkey, um, <laughs> you know. Hey Ted, make sure we all know who's the, who's the author and what's when you say shift the money. What's a what's a, a broad level term we could all understand? So who's the author? And, and Todd Whitaker is the author of Shifting mm -hmm. the Monkey and. Mm -hmm. um, 
the basic idea of the book is do not take other people's burdens. They will try them, they will try to give them to you. Yes. Um, yes. Yep. As my Taekwondo teacher says, when you put your hands on someone and you move their body, they're they're not learning how to do it yeah. themselves. So you need to show them what to do, give them that task, but then allow them to do it. Awesome. Yes, I love Todd uh, Whitaker. I feel he's um, he's the most readable uh, education leadership author there is out there. I just find that his 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 stuff aligns with everything else I read, whether you know Lencioni and and, uh, and uh, Maxwell. And I love that that quote from your Thai Kwondo director uh, Bruce Lee had a quote, something like, "A great teacher always protects his uh, students from his influence." Right, so again, it goes back to it's like it's it's you know this is how I've done it, but that's not how you have to do it. You have to think through right. how it's going to be working best for you. Um, and I always say, hey, and you're going to make it better because you have this talent, and I'm specifically choosing you because I know how great or how much you love I and mean, whatever it is. Right, you're you got to know your people so you can empower your people. Awesome. Well, that's really great. I'm glad that was helpful for you. Looking forward to when we keep on going. I'll, uh, we'll uh, pick up the next call for me, which will be in two weeks. Uh, Katie's got next week's call, but I'll, I'll start working through the five things per week and the five things per month. But I really loved the ad value uh, uh, you all just gave. So congratulations on your first day out there. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yep. And could I ask you, um, could you give me some suggestions for a book for so my school improvement team, it's teachers, assistants. Um, we're even going to have a parent servant on there. And then my administrative yeah. team, that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, sure. Then, uh, I, and I would love to just get some thoughts from you on some, you know, some short read that really, um, really kind of hit that idea. One of, the, one of the mantras that we have this, this year is we are tight. We're making diamonds. We're tight. Um, mm. And... And I'd love just to, I'd love some sort of read that just kind of reinforce that. Why do we go slow to go fast? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great uh, question. Uh, let me think on that a little, Ted. Now, uh, so um, one book I know, and I've never read it, but I remember this uh, one of my colleagues talking about, and it was the book, uh, maybe it was called 212 Degrees or One Degree or something, but it was all about, you know, you know, water boils at 212, not 211. I think I got that right. Uh, but it was all about what is that one degree? What is that one more thing? What is that, that tweak, uh, right? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. uh, and, you know, you'll read it when you read Hocus. He said yes. that the key to effective leadership is identify the smallest number of high leverage, easy to understand actions that's going to get the result. So let me think on that, but maybe there could just be a combination of small articles in that way, because sometimes books are, are intimidating and, and, and hard to finish. I see a lot of yeah. schools aren't able to complete book studies during the year. It gets challenging. But you know, there's a couple other people on the call, so I don't know if anybody has any thoughts. But let me think on that, that tweak there. But I love that uh, you know, thoughts of bringing everybody all together. The book that I love the most, I don't know if you've read this, is called The Advantage. Um, and that's about creating clarity in the organization, and that's a Patrick Lencioni book. Uh, it's not a school leadership book, but it's an it's an organizational health book. And he says he uh, talks about how um, 
everybody wants a healthy organization, but it's so hard to get to. So, so we uh, focus our time on the on the tangible things and not necessarily on ensuring everybody knows why we exist, how we behave. Um, so that's those are those six questions to yeah. clarity. Uh, but yeah. so that's yep. Well, awesome. Nope. But I will think on that, and I will now reach back out. And I, I appreciate the shifting the monkey. You're not the first person who's recommended I'll have to add it to our list. Awesome. All right. Well, any other thoughts or comments from anybody on the call today? Hopefully, this was worth your time. And these five, remember, your five are your five. They're not mine. But you can certainly be, you know, looking. And I, I just take a look. Um, and this is a great leadership exercise. Uh, this is something I've been doing with a lot of our schools lately is the leadership team, they give their five what they think are the key result areas of the organization, like what's most important that they do, and they bring them to their direct report. And it's interesting to hear the disconnect. I thought I was doing this. Oh, no, I need you to do this. Right? So creating that clarity is always very helpful. And then, and then you, Ted, and um, you know, the other leaders on the call, you can say, no, 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 when you see them navigating away, remember, this is your five. That's not your, that's not your monkey. Make sure you go give that away. Right. Right? Go right. find someone to do it. Right? Who on your team, who on your direct report team would be great uh, to be able to do that? Because your job is to, you know, because most leaders think, I can't give my team more. They already work so hard. No, your job is to give them more to empower them and then teach them how to give something else away so they're not doing everything. It's all about succession planning here. Yeah. I yeah. like that. I'm going to write that down, succession planning. Yeah. Everybody should be working themselves out of a job. <laughs> right? Build the people I'm under you. So that then, all the time. I, I got yeah. to with leadership. Yeah, you got to, right? You know, because you want, you yeah. know, yeah, you want them to, to, yeah, to be able to uh, replace you so then you can move up. Because a lot of times, people are stuck in a position because they're too valuable. I was like, no, 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 no. They need to multiply themselves. That's where they're really valuable. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, great call, everybody. Great, great uh, first day. Uh, looking forward to the continued learning with you all. And thank you for investing in yourselves. And I believe in you, and I believe in your dreams. So we're going to make this all happen together. Have a great day. Thanks, Tom. Bye-bye.